Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Melissa Adams and Cecilia Stanton-Adams about how DEI is impacting the workplace today. Melissa Adams and Cecilia Stanton Adams, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be with both of you today. You're delightful. It's been fun chatting in the pre-interview and just getting to know you a little bit. We've been preparing for this episode for a little while now. Today, we're going to be focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion and how it's impacting the workplace today. Uh, There's lots of different angles, ways we can look at this issue, different ways to dissect it. I'm super interested in your perspective, and I think you'll have a lot to add to this conversation. As we get started, I wanted to share Melissa and Cecilia's bios with everybody. Melissa Adams currently serves as the COO of Stanton Adams Consulting, is a racial equity expert and business consultant with over 15 years of experience developing diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies. She is the most noted for her straightforward approach and her ability to create brave spaces for difficult dialogue. Adams was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, where she was inspired to pursue a career in the nonprofit industry. Her passion for DEI work is driven by her commitment to social justice. She's currently working with leaders who are willing to experiment with innovative approaches for solving problems. Cecilia Stanton Adams is a sociologist and entrepreneur committed to creating innovative approaches to strengthening leadership development and diversity efforts. She is most noted for her ability to foster paradigm shifts, change behavior, and empower individuals, teams, and communities. She is an award-winning trainer and was recognized for outstanding research on unconscious bias by the American Psychological Association. Stanton Adams is a visionary leader with more than 15 years of experience as a strategic diversity expert. She is currently working with diversity leaders and champions from educational institutions, nonprofits, government agencies, and corporations to develop and execute strategic diversity initiatives. What a wonderful background that both both of you have. Uh, And I have to say also, Cecilia, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I got my PhD in sociology, so I am a sociologist as well. I, I love uh, that field. Of course, there's a lot uh, of insight that we can gain from sociological perspectives. And Melissa, great to have you too. Both of you have such expertise and it's going to be a pleasure to chat. Anything else either or both of you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation? 
Well, I wanted to share that Cecilia Stanton Adams and Melissa Adams are both African-American women, both Gen Xers, um, and we are both, we're married. Uh, we met when we were about 16 and 17 years old at a drop-in center um, for LGBT youth in New York City that was created um, by Harvey Milk. And it was called Hetrick Martin Institute for Youth. And we kind of got to know each other for, for a while. We were together for about four or five years, kind of went our separate ways. And I found Cecilia about 20 years later on Facebook. And we started <laughs> Stanton Adams Consulting. And we also got married, by the way. That is amazing. What a <laughs> terrific story. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and Cecilia, anything you want to add to that? No, I think that says it all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, that that's tremendous. Uh, what a, a fun opportunity to reconnect. That's one of the uh, the great uh, success stories of social media. There's lots we can critique yeah. social media about, but <laughs> that's one of those success stories. And we're just like, that is wonderful when, when yeah, we can yeah, bring people exactly. back together. Well, <laughs> excellent. All right, so let's start with framing up um, the the topic for today. Uh, clearly, you know, I already mentioned we're going to be talking about. DEI impacts on the workplace. Um, and I think listeners of this podcast are familiar with diversity, equity, inclusion. Sometimes we throw the B on there, belonging. Um, and all of these are very important issues. And some organizations are doing relatively better than others, right? And, and some leaders are more committed to it than others. Uh, but I will say, I, I think most organizations are still grappling with this, still struggling with it. And I suspect I'm I'm a straight cis white dude, so I suspect you know there's lots that I don't even recognize or understand. Um, but but most organizations probably still have a long way to go, a lot of work to do on this, um, mm -hmm. and to try to make sure that we're treating truly treating everyone with dignity and respect, uh, helping everyone to feel valued, that they can contribute in meaningful ways uh, beyond the rhetoric, right? And it's it's great right. to have it's great to have conversations. It's great to expand understanding. Uh, but that's just a, the starting place, right? That's that's where the whole process begins. It can't be where it ends. And we have mm -hmm. to start to, you know, shift policy, practice, procedure. We have to start to shift culture, all those things so that people can feel safe at work. Um, so how how would you frame up, you know, how DEI is impacting the workplace today in broad terms? And then we can start to drill in. Sure. I mean, this is uh, an issue that we've been grappling with for decades, right? Um, I, I think a lot of the issues that we focus on today in the workplace have been in place long before George Floyd, long before the pandemic. And that is that we don't have equitable systems in place to allow everyone to have that same chance at success and at that thriving uh, life in America that we all, you know, want to have in our in our um, in our experience. And so, you know, I know for us, what's at the core is really how do we create that space. How do we um, help people un to understand that it's not about taking jobs away, but providing more opportunity and that we can be a greater, you know, organization or, or country if we focus on the differences and how to leverage them in order to really thrive? Yeah, it's interesting. We were watching a movie. I think it was a documentary. It was a documentary. And I was just looking at the people and being mindful, right? And looking at faces and saying like, 
each and every single one of us, unless we're a twin, pretty much has a very unique face of our own. Like you, you might find someone who looks like me, but it's pretty much, I have a very unique face. And I think that's the beauty of diversity in the sense that each and every one of us is an individual that brings some creativity, some uniqueness, um, ideas, skills, abilities, talents, like so much to the table that why would we want to like squelch that and create, like, could you imagine a sci-fi movie where every single person is exactly the same face <laughs> as yours? That's a pretty boring world, right? Um, and should I, shall I say it's terrifying, right? <laughs> right. I think you, there was a you walk into that. You walk that. into that room with everyone who looks just like you. That's rather terrifying. Um, and, and even, you know, we know, we know um, that people like to be around people who are like them. Like that's kind of the human nature component hardwired in our brain. And we have yeah. to be able to recognize that and to get past that. And so to an extent, we like to be around sameness, uh, unless we can learn to disrupt that kind of ingrained kind of thinking. But even then, we would be freaked out if we walked into a room and everyone looked just like us. So we still want difference. We still need people um, yeah. to not be exactly like us, or it's so disconcerting. And so why not take it a step further, right? We don't, we, you know, whether it's skin color, whether it's uh, sexual orientation, identity, what, you know, whatever, right. Uh, socioeconomic status and the way you dress, like we don't need to be the same. And there's so much research out there that shows and, and really demonstrates the, the benefits of diversity within organizations as it leads to uh, innovation and, and better decision-making and such. So let's, let's learn to lean into that, to leverage it. The human case for diversity is crystal clear, um, but the business case is clear too. Like there, there's no good reason to not do it, except you know people just are uncomfortable and then they're not sure how to deal with things that are uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah, you're people so right. are um afraid to lean into that discomfort and cecilia and i we actually before we even engage with anyone we go through what we call brave space rules and one of those brave space rules is to lean into the discomfort of the conversation lean into the uncomfortableness of change and difference right before you even start to enact change be mindful of the fact that it's uncomfortable and it's okay. It's going to be uncomfortable, right? Uh, once you lean into that discomfort, though, on the other side, we believe there's a breakthrough. Yeah. And it's great to see that breakthrough happening in small ways in the work that we do, whether it's, you know, talking with a leader about recruitment and, you know, they feel like they've done all these things to the job description to make it um, something that more people are going to find attractive. Um, but then you ask, okay, well, where did you publicize that ad? And they name all the places that they advertised before, <laughs> you know, and it's not, um, it's not shaming or blaming, right? But it, it is um, meeting people where they're at and giving them actionable tools, strategies, and resources to actually be able to take that next step. And when people can do that, they build their confidence. And then, you know, we can start talking about more complex issues like race, but we've got to take the baby steps. 
Yeah. And I, I think back to my own experience, not, not that I'm trying to make this about me, but from a, a straight cis white dude perspective, right? Like the discomfort that can come when, when you're well-meaning and you're trying to engage in the space, but you inevitably, there's just things you don't know or understand. You can't possibly know or understand until you're talking to people about it. And so inevitably you're, you're going to put your foot in your mouth and make mistakes. And, and that's happened to me. And I'm, you know, I've done it before. I'm sure I'll do it again. And it doesn't take away the responsibility I have to try to step into that space and try my best and to learn as I go. Uh, and so I've, I've felt that discomfort and, and I hope that I've been willing enough to lean into it and to, to try to learn so that I can become better. Um, but I, I also know, you know, others that I work with in a variety of capacities, I'm thinking of one particular individual I've worked with for a long time. Uh, and he's a good guy. Uh, I don't think he has any overt, you know, like, desire to hurt anybody or to be bad towards anybody. Um, I don't think he's, you know, trying to be blatantly racist or sexist or bigoted in any way. Yet, some of the things he does and some of the things he says and some of the decisions he makes are suspect, right? And so I remember one time in particular, it seemed as though he was making a decision that was being influenced by some unconscious biases around race and gender. And I called him on it. And I tried to do it in a di diplomatic, tactful way. I tried to point out some inconsistencies between how he dealt with similar situations with other white dudes. And, you know, maybe I wasn't as, as effective in how I was communicating that as I was trying to be, but he was super defensive, right? And so instead of making the change or making the difference that I was hoping, um, either he wasn't ready to hear it or I didn't say it in a way that he was able to hear it, whatever the case you know, all it came down to is, you know, him saying, I'm not racist, I'm not sexist, and, mm -hmm. and just kind of dismissing the, the evidence, dismissing the concern, rather than trying to take the critical self-reflective look and say, oh, it possibly is there something that, you know, influenced me in a way that it shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. um, we all have unconscious bias. We all have mm -hmm. um, things that are influencing us that we don't fully understand. So it, it's not about pointing fingers. It's, it's about shining a light on those hidden areas and then correcting the systems in a way that can hopefully perpetuate better equality and equity moving forward, right? Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. 
stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe. The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organizations. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. You know, this reminds me a lot of um, your episode when you had Dave Jennings on and he talked about the willingness to be in the pit. I mean, that just, you know, is, is a great example of this is a space in which we need to be willing to be in the pit because we don't know all the answers. And, you know, we live in a culture and society that prefers to minimize differences and not really get into the very complex conversations. And so we've got to step lightly, right? We've got to really build that strength in being able to have the conversations. Um, if you try to, you know, dive in at the deep end, you drown, right? And, and oftentimes that's what we're doing when we try to change someone's opinion or we feel defensive, you know, it's, it's like, I feel like I'm drowning for whatever that reason. Wade, wade in the water mm-hmm. <laughs> a while before we can take that next step. I love what you're saying. I I also would add that sometimes we have to help people see things from their own perspective. And I remember we had the um, Q person in the room. They were telling their story and they were explaining, oh, this is what's happened to me and it's hard for me. And this woman couldn't see it, but we had to show it to her in a way and say, well, what if you were in a situation where you were the only woman in the room and it was mostly men and this, and, and we flipped the scenario so that she was the person who was in that situation. And then she said, oh my goodness, I see it. And I'm sorry and apologized to our member from the LGBTQ community. Um, and what I say to people who say, I'm not racist, Melissa, that thing you just called me in on, I don't call people out, I call them in. Hey, come here, let me talk to you for a second. That thing, wow, that, that could have been seen as a microaggression. Well, Melissa, I'm not racist, but was that action anti-racist? Yeah. If it wasn't an anti-racist action or 
uh, action that goes against um, ableism or against genderism, then we can start to talk. Was that an anti-racist action? Think about it. Wow, it wasn't because I didn't add this thought. I didn't add this voice to the decision making. And we're not any different. Like we make mistakes all the time, yeah. especially because we're in this space. We're constantly accepting the fact that we're going to be living in the pit. And we're going to have to learn over and over again when we're exposed to new communities, new language. You know, after George Floyd, um, we really became much more knowledgeable about the terminology that's being used today to really reflect the diversity of our community when it comes to gender. And a lot of that was because our daughter, who um, she's 26 now, she challenged us. Um, she challenged us in, in our thinking in a lot of different ways. So we all make those mistakes. And even when we look the same, you know, or come from the same family, there's still that difference in diversity. Um, but what I loved about what happened with my daughter is that we actually were open enough to hear it. And um, well, maybe not always, but <laughs> enough to not just step back and say, no, you know, everybody's going to have to adapt to me, but to say, you know, things are changing and it means I have to change as well. And Jonathan, one more thing I'd like to add to this conversation is I've actually had conversations with other white Americans who have tried to have conversations about white privilege with other white Americans. And it's a difficult conversation. Right? So I totally, totally get it. Um, but we have to continue to have these conversations. So true. Yeah, we have to continue to step into the darkness, you know, that 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 one step into uh the, the dark where we can't see where we're going exactly, but then the light starts to shine forward and we can see one step further, one step further, right? That kind of a metaphor, we, we just have to do it. And it, as uncomfortable as it may be, um, we will start to figure it out over time. And, and we, we can have, um, we can be gracious with each other. We can be patient with each other. Um, we can be generous with each other to allow the safe space for people to engage and, and I think that's, you know, one, one of the really challenging issues. And I, I like how that's how you framed when you go in and start working with a team or with an executive, you start out by framing out, you know, this is a safe place. And these are the rules of engagement to create that safe environment. And perhaps that's what I didn't do effectively with this one person that I was telling you about. Maybe I didn't effectively set that up so that he felt um, safe and that he didn't feel like it was a personal attack because it certainly wasn't intended that way, but it, he took it that way. Right. Um, and, and so it, my good faith effort to, to help him understand um, perhaps some inconsistencies and perhaps some biases that were bleeding into his decision-making ultimately uh, didn't have any of the kind of positive outcome I was hoping it it might have, right? Um, so we have to think about strategically, like how do we communicate this and how, how do we try to drive the change that we're hoping to, to see? Um, if, if we zoom out a little bit, what, what do you see as some of the, you know, as we look at, you know, say in the next five years, what, what do you think is going to be happening in the DEI space in organizations as we continue to grapple with these things? And, you know, we have more remote teams, distributed workforces, inevitably that leads to more diversity in the workplace. Um, and again, diverse, but diversity in the workplace isn't necessarily the same thing as inclusion or belonging. 
and and just having diverse people around the table doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know a good dynamic safe healthy environment um so what, what do you see coming in the next say five years or so well when i think about the great resignation or like i like to say the workforce revolution we're really redefining what work looks like you know you talk about this all the time and I think DEI is no different. You know, we hear about artificial intelligence now and how that's really transforming the way we do things. You know, could uh, using artificial intelligence in some cases um, create more equity? And um, in some cases, is it gonna take away equity, right? So we need to ask those hard questions and those are gonna continue to come up. Um, you know, we have a hybrid workforce, but I think what's even more important is that people who are different, have different perspectives, different backgrounds, have the opportunity today to come together and create what they've only dreamed of. We see this in the small businesses that are happening, the disruptions in organizations that are happening. And imagine five years from now, right, these, these organizations that are really flipping the script what they're doing is they're going beyond DEI compliance because that's table stakes, right? Um, we have yet to scratch the surface on what really can come out of diversity, equity, and inclusion when you truly bring people together and allow them to be their true selves, their best selves, and, um, and you're creating something. So I think in five years, we're gonna see a lot more innovation. I think there's lots more opportunity to solve some of the world's big issues. And uh, I think there's going to be diversity all through that, all through those folks that are creating those solutions. Can I add to that? I'd like to talk a little bit because I love technology. And something that's happening in the technology space is Web 3.0. And what's happening is we're moving from um, being on the Internet to being in the Internet where we're now working within virtual reality spaces. Mm -hmm. Because of COVID-19, we've learned that it is possible for us to work from home. Remember, Jonathan, there was a time where we'd say, hey, boss, can I work from home? And the boss would be like, we don't have the technology to do that. <laughs> Go back to your desk, right? Now it's like, oh, wait, you, we got the technology. We can do it. You can work from home. Mm -hmm. Facebook just changed their name to Meta because they have workspaces within the internet, within virtual reality, where we'll be sitting around a table as these um, virtual augmented reality characters. Diversity work is going to become harder because we won't be in the same room with each other to be able to sit and, and have that um, feeling that you get the energy off of one another. So it's going to take more. And if organizations today are not preparing themselves for this virtual workforce and creating a um, diverse organization now, they'll be left behind when we get to five years from now, when everything becomes virtual, when people are using the blockchain to do business and keep the supply chain going and their employees are spread out throughout the world, how are you going to make them feel like they are included in that company? How are you going to make them feel like they belong if they're in Sri Lanka and you're in um, California? So diversity is going to become tougher. It's important for us to build relationships now. 
Yes. And I like that you say that because I want to add one more thing. Um, you know, lots of times people ask me, are um, DEI positions going away? And I say, no, like it's going to be a permanent part of organizations. And people are a little flabbergasted. And I say, you know, would we ever think to take finance as a department out of an organization? It's an essential thing that we need to focus on. And when we focus on it, we know that we get the returns. And so why wouldn't we make this uh, an essential part of our, our organization, just like we have sales, just like we have research and development? I also think that DEI professionals are the new CEOs. They're the ones that can actually see the organization from multiple different perspectives. They know things that lots of folks in the organization don't know. And so if we invest enough time and energy in developing that generation, they could be our future CEOs. And I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Melissa, Cecilia, it has just been a pleasure. I know at the time, which has just flown by, we could continue the conversation probably for hours, uh, but we're going to have to leave it there for today. Before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Well, we're at stantonadams.com and anyone who wants to connect with us, please feel free to reach out um, at stantonadams.com. Cecilia? We're so ex excited that we got the opportunity to be here today. Um, part of our work really starting to focus on the next generation of diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioners is a new space. Um, we have a program right now that is geared specifically to DEI practitioners to help them sharpen their saw, um, where I'll be sharing a lot of my strategies, skills, and resources that I've learned in my 20-year experience as a practitioner. So stantonadams.com. Hopefully you'll check us out. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Cecilia and Melissa can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for you 
individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for your individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader 
will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.